We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. On this episode of the podcast, I speak with Amandeep Kurana. Right now, he's helping me out with the San Francisco chapter of Founders Network while he's plotting his next move. We talk about as a kid how he wanted to be an industrialist, which back then he didn't even know what that meant. He came to the U.S. for grad school in computer science and decided that he wanted to build stuff instead of getting his Ph.D. His first job was at AWS when it was around 100 people, and as it grew, he realized he wanted to do more. That led him to found his first company to solve the problems he saw customers facing. His curiosity, hunger to solve problems, and more importantly, the chip on his shoulder to be successful is what led him to the entrepreneur path. That inner force, which is hard to see, is what drives him to this day to build solutions to customers' problems. The hunger to succeed has been with him since he was a kid. His peer group brings it out in him even more. Being around other people who have the, we can do this, is one of the most powerful motivators for an entrepreneur. He also feels that his secret to success is that he's coachable and solicits feedback from people around him. This is especially important when you don't know what you don't know and you're a pathfinder blazing a trail forward. This is both a gift and a curse because he really does not know when to stop. Now, let's get better together. Amandeep Kurana, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jerry. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. No, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. I know uh, sometimes, I mean, well, we all have a lot of time right now, <laughs> but a lot, of, a lot of us are uh, trying to, you know, connect at a different level and, and not so much that we didn't try to connect with, with other people before, uh, but, you know, you're also part of the Founders Network. You're actually part of the leadership team for, for San Francisco, and which I really appreciate because I'm supposed to figure out how to, <laughs> what we're supposed to do and uh, it can right. be, be a little crazy. Uh, but but before before we talk about all that and you know why we're big fans of Founders Network, um, can just tell me briefly about your journey as an entrepreneur and you know sort of how you got into it and kind of what brought you to to San Francisco. Uh, so there's a bunch of questions there. What brought me to San Francisco? My journey as an entrepreneur. What got me started? You know, as a I grew up in Delhi in India, and as a kid, um, you know. You would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I remember when I was like six or seven or something like that. For some reason, I used to say, I want to be an industrialist. Industrial. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what that means. <laughs> I think uh, part of it was uh, my dad had his own uh, business, um, manufacturing medical, uh, medical equipment, specifically disposable syringes. And I think that was, that was super fascinating and super exciting, like having a factory and and I visited the factory multiple times. Um, I think that probably played a role there. And the idea that you know you you create a business, you you create 
create something of value there's a physical product that you're, that you're creating and putting out there in the world uh it's probably fascinating I, i don't know exactly what what about that is fascinating to me um he, he shut down that business uh, later on um i pursued uh, engineering and then went came to the states for grad school and the reason to come to states for grad school was completely different it had nothing to do with me wanting to be an entrepreneur uh it was uh, that i i was also inspired by my uncle my mom's younger brother and and he had pursued that path so so coming off of engineering i said you know what? i'm going to go do computer science grad school um and go work at google or amazon or <laughs> go work at a big company so uh, a completely confused kid well, that's the that's the best way to put it um so i got here went into cs grad school coming out of um, and, and somewhere along the way i said eh, i don't want to pursue my phd i'm going to i want to go build something um got an opportunity to to go join amazon uh, and went to join aws in 2010 wow uh, that's Seattle. like the beginning um a little shortly after the beginning yeah but yeah the, the, all of aws was a couple of hundred people at the time um i had no perspective on you know what enterprise software companies look like what enterprise software looks like why why is aws doing what they're doing Uh, what are the alternatives i mean i i do not know much um and uh, so went and joined aws on one of the service teams as an engineer um and you know frankly i uh, i i didn't enjoy the the engineering component of my job hmm. what i enjoyed much more was um helping customers so as customer requests would come in um you know i would i would get engaged i would help the customers out and then figure out how to use the product or if there's something you know going wrong in the uh, in the usage and the operations are not working to help out fix those things fix the bugs um and and a year uh, into into that job a bunch of my friends were at a startup here in the bay area for cloudera and uh, they had been asking me to interview at Clarida but uh, I, i i wasn't interested amazon was my dream job and that's what i wanted to do um and uh, you know uh, before i joined amazon i was interviewing at google and, and facebook and, and the moment i got the amazon offer i said okay that's <laughs> i'm where i'm, going. i'm out i'm out up to I'm seattle out. that's where i'm going <laughs> yeah 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 that's where i'm going that's what i wanted to do um and uh, uh so cloudera uh in 2011 uh they they were uh, this friend of mine was recruiting me into uh the field team and as a customer facing technical uh, engineer solution architect um so yeah again i did not know what that role really entails where does it fit in a company why is it important do other companies also have it in my head there was engineering and then that was, and then there was management and there was sales and that's all i knew so went into cloudera with the intent that i'm going to find a solution architecture thing for a year year and a half and see if i like it cuz otherwise i'm going to go back to engineering that's what i that's what i'm trained in yeah. and, and that's the that's the thing that's most familiar um so i'll just go back to that but i love being in front of customers and working with them on you know, all kinds of uh, activities ranging from technical selling to you know, delivery to enablement to messaging new products going and figuring out how this new set of capabilities that are available how would how would somebody use that what use cases etc etc so i really just loved it uh, i did that for about 5 years and and i saw all the you know all the pain points that customers would run into again didn't have any perspective on any of those things to start out uh, but over time developed a little bit of perspective on um you know what's happening in the ecosystem um why why is this pain point even there um so just started to you know, try to like i said just develop some perspective five years into it almost five years um and uh, i had seen some of the challenges that people were running into and i said you know what um i've had the big company experience i've had the startup experience and the startup was a stellar growth story um so 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 it was part of a complete rocket ship so that was 
a lot of fun mm-hmm. and coming out of that or thinking about what's next after that like i couldn't get excited about anything <laughs> i couldn't get excited about going back to amazon or to google <laughs> or i couldn't get excited about any other startup like yeah. it's just nothing felt exciting yeah yeah that's that can happen a lot yeah right and yeah. so i i found myself in this place as i'm not excited about anything that's happening out there which is weird um if i'm not excited about anything that's happening out there then maybe i'm going to just go do my own thing right? yeah 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 and yeah. so i started thinking about that and started thinking about what might that look like if i was to go do my own thing what might that look like would that actually fulfill me would that be a dream i would want to pursue and uh, and the answer was yes i said fine i'm going to take a shot at it and uh, and you know, started ideating started looking for co-founders and and then ended up starting my company in 2016. Mm. Uh, now if you ask me did i know that i'm going to go go start a company when i was a kid i don't know uh well you wanted to moment? i don't think so you wanted to be an industrialist <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah like i want to own a factory you know right right now now might be a good time to own a factory Yeah, I think you're probably right actually. I think now is a good time to figure out how to make stuff locally and, you know, have that capability and that capacity, sure. especially with sure. the disruption in the global supply chain as they like to say or the right. challenges. But but so so your dad, your dad owned a factory then back in Delhi. Yeah, he yeah, he was uh, I mean him and a few of his other uh, partners. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. He do, wasn't the only uh, only person. Do they do does he still own it? No, he shut down that business uh, in early 2000s. Hmm. Hmm. So he shut that actually yeah mid yeah early 2010. So would you say that sort of the entrepreneur stuff's in your blood or because of what you saw your dad do? I don't think so. I mean my my grandfather was in the army. He's a super conservative uh, from a uh, you know like I don't come from a business family. Okay. So grandfather was in the army uh, and uh, you know uh, my uncle is in the uh, or he actually just retired from the army the younger uncle is also he's just doing a job in he's in Australia. So it's I don't I I would not call my background entrepreneurial in any way. In fact if anything it is more risk averse. Hmm. Um and certainly not business minded. Hmm. Um Huh. So then, how did you end up doing? Like I said, I, there is no, I don't think I can tell you that this, you know it was in the blood and it had to happen. Yeah, you know, I had the passion for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, I think, so. Just, I think it just came down to there's an opportunity. Yeah, I really want to go do go build something meaningful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go take a shot at it. Like nothing else feels exciting. Yeah, um, and and that's it, right? Yeah, I'm in love with the customer and go solve the problem for the customer. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's my view of the world. Well, I mean, I have a similar background. Like my dad, his brothers. I mean, the only entrepreneur in my whole family, ex- extended family included, was an uncle that was part of the. Uh, what's the? It's not the. I think it was the East India Trading Company, <laughs> out of out of the Netherlands. I think he was an import export and he he lived in Singapore and Malaysia and he did import export right Got but none of them none of them yeah. have done any entrepreneur stuff I mean my two brothers work for the county of San Mateo you know? okay. <laughs> my okay. dad my dad worked at United Airlines for a long time my well, mom worked at a drugstore you know and yeah. it's like they they sometimes ask like so exactly how do you like survive <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know i mean i it might have been my grandmother my mom's mom she was yeah. always sort of entrepreneurial but she never got to be entrepreneurial i guess would be the word sure sure sure, sure you know sure. they they were from the netherlands during world war ii survived the nazi occupation mm-hmm. you know then went to aruba he my grandfather was a doctor for standard oil in aruba for a long time wow. and then they meandered their way to here um lived in San Mateo just south of San Francisco and you know I always say it was just like I don't know how my mom and dad got together you know right my dad's from Kansas my mom's from the Netherlands it, anyway so <laughs> it's it, yeah. it but it happened and I'm here but if you were to say like what I wanted to do I think it's similar to you what did I want to do when I was a kid I wanted to be a fighter pilot 
Uh-huh. And it's way more exciting. Yeah. Than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fighter pilot or uh, an aeronautical engineer working on airplanes because my dad worked on airplanes. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was only when I was in college and, you know, I went to school at San Jose state. I think you went, you were in college at in Santa, Santa Cruz, right? Grad school was in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Grad school was in Santa Cruz. And I literally saw like all of my friends that were going to school. Some of them were work, going to night school. They were like all working at Silicon Valley startups, all working in semiconductors. Mm, and I'm mm, just like, mm. this is wow. Okay. I guess I'll go into semiconductors. <laughs> and that's, that's what right. I ended up doing. And and so yeah, is there? Uh, it, it's so it seems like you're just curious. I mean, because I'm curious, but it seems like that your kind of curiosity is the one that kind of drove you to this. Because you know, a lot of people I talk to, it's like, oh, my dad owned a business, or my mom sure, was, sure. you know, whatever. But uh, do you think it's curiosity? I mean, what, what what trait do you think it is that that kind of drove you, or drives you now? Curiosity is definitely definitely there um i think the the hunger to solve problems and find a way to make things happen um Hmm. is probably a bigger driver than curiosity and frankly uh i think there's also this there's absolutely a component of having a chip on my shoulders that i have to go prove something oh okay and there's absolutely that like that thing uh there's the hidden force and it's a big, big, big driver, right? It's a, it's the force that you don't see. You don't know. <laughs> yes. And when you see it, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> and you get a glimpse of it. Like I get a glimpse of it sometimes. Like, yeah. Oh, that's where that is coming from. Wow. Interesting. There is nowhere to stop that train. Wow. So, so ch- chip on your shoulder. And, and do you mean by that, that you just have this desire to, be successful or is it just yeah. a, okay all right and and i know we talked a little bit beforehand i mean yeah of course you had a bunch of friends that were doing all these startups and and i had a bunch of friends too i, I think that's probably what got me into it because they're like why would you do anything else look at all the opportunity here like mm-hmm. you're in silicon valley why would you go to a big company mm-hmm. um so so it, within your peer group um I, I mean obviously there's the founders network peer group but the, those original friends that got you into Cl- cloud terra right was it cloud terra cloud terra cloud yeah. yeah are they are, what are they doing are they still kind of part of your peer group and yeah 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 i'm a, i'm in touch with a bunch of them um you know some of them have gone on to uh build consulting businesses um some have gone on to build product companies um some have uh, gone on to join uh, you know the cloud providers like Amazon and Google, and, and sort of risen up the. Um, you know, some have risen up the technical ladder, some have risen up the business ladder, um, and they're, they're yeah. So they're all doing all, all doing great. Uh, <clears throat> the founders have um, you know, one of them is retired, the other one is at Google, um, and yeah. So the management team is just all over the place, um, it, it, all over the place. As in, like, they've gone on to do other things since. Um, yeah, so I'm absolutely in touch with uh, a lot of those folks. Uh, I wouldn't say that that was the peer group that drove me in this direction. I think I was definitely inspired by some of them. Mm-hmm. But I think the desire to go build a company or the desire to, or the hunger to succeed, um, it, that did not necessarily start by that exposure. I think it, uh, the, that was probably already there. And this peer group uh, probably gave me the opportunity to actually explore that hmm. and also get exposed to what um, you know, what building a company might look like right? <laughs> or what, what the Silicon Valley game might even look like. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that you can yeah, go exactly. wrong. Exactly. Interesting. Because I, I always try to figure out like, you know, what was my first and main motivation um, yeah. cause again, same thing, like not a really entrepreneurial background, not a really entrepreneurial family. The thing I think that really kind of hit it on the head for me is watching my dad and what my dad did. So, mm-hmm. so what, what he did was he worked for United airlines. He was in charge of, um, doing like the autopilot and the navigation. Like he was an engineer, but anytime like something would go wrong, 
the FAA has got these airworthiness directives just for you geeks out there that are into aviation. And anytime one of these directives would come down, they have to figure out how to fix it or, you know, whatever. So he, he was in charge of writing the procedures and protocols for the technicians, which the, the aircraft and power plant mechanics to go fix. So I would see him. I mean, they would call him at all hours of the day and night um, to go literally get on a plane and go to Chicago or go to Denver and fix, get, you know, be there to kind of fix a plane and then literally come back. And I just remember as a kid, he would always get the, he'd get phone calls all the time and he just didn't, I mean, he loved what he did, but I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get right, on a plane in the right. middle of the night, you know, cause it, you know, it, the, the one thing that working for the airlines afforded us as kids, which no other, not a lot of kids have the opportunity to fly all over the country for basically yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah. And yeah. no other kid that I know of at, a, at like 12 or 13 got to fly first class to London, right? I mean, because it was cheaper. I mean, it was yeah. cheap, right? So, you know, we would routinely like fly to Hawaii just because we could nice. and it was cheap, right? You know? And so, uh, but I never thought, ah, I really don't want to do that. And I think that maybe was part of it. But then, yeah, I think you're right. The, the hunger was there for me as well. But but just seeing it, like, oh, this is possible. Oh, wow. Really? It's more tangible, right? Yeah. Because when you – I think it's – and I think that's the reason why Founders Network appeals appeals to me. And, and, and a lot of this peer mentoring and the other groups that I kind of belong to or kind of adjacent to is when you're around people that like believe – and that are like, well, yeah, of course we could do that. Like, yeah. you get inspired to be like, oh, right. well, maybe I could right. do that too. Right. That is probably one of the most powerful motivators. Um, I mean, I have sort of the chip on the shoulder too. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why can't I do this? How, how come these knuckleheads are successful and I'm not? You know, what I mean, it, you know, because it's because because you know it's you know it's hard, but you know it's not that hard, and so you know yeah. there's a lot of luck, like. Oh no, it's a lot of luck. you yeah. got lucky. Don't ever say that you're like the more skilled than anyone else. You got lucky. Just yeah, admit yeah, it, yeah. right? Because you know they all do. You go talk to the guys with the huge exits and everything and gals as well. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I, just right. got, I worked hard, but boy, I got lucky. <laughs> I was at the right place right. at the right time. This is what this job is. Right place, right time, right skill set. Take advantage of yeah. opportunity. You know, speaking of that lucky piece, right? I was, uh, I was reading um, something that... Uh, an investor wrote on LinkedIn and he said that uh, I can never tell if a founder will be successful, whether they're first time, second time, third time, doesn't really matter. Right. Um, I can never tell if they'll be successful, but I can usually tell if they will not be successful. Hmm. Right? Hmm. And, uh, and the point that this person makes there wow. is that, um, that uh, they can, because they can't tell you know, luck market. Uh, oh Yeah. It's random. How does the execution play out? There's like so many different factors. Yeah, so many variables. To, yeah. Uh, founder being successful. But if the founder doesn't have the hunger and the desire to learn and the curiosity, uh, the chances that they will uh, not succeed are significantly higher. Right? If they, if they don't bring curiosity to the table, if they don't bring hunger to the table, right? they're, they're not going to. That's their a. chances of success are just much lower. That's a really so, good. So this guy says that, like, I, I can't figure out if. Uh, so I, I, he gives an example. He says, a first-time founder who has been super successful and is doing a second company, um, uh, oftentimes, and it's not always the case, but oftentimes uh, you'll notice may not have the hunger, may not have the desire to really, uh, like the chip on the shoulder that we're talking about, right? Yeah. I haven't been successful. I have a lot to prove. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hunker down versus, oh, you know what? I built that thing. I sold it for a hundred million and yeah. I'm going to take it. Uh, I know how to do it. Right. So there's a little bit of arrogance that kicks in and yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's the point that this, this investor is trying to make and kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I agree. I mean, Jason Calacanis said something about that on the knowledge project podcast. He was interviewed by Shane Parrish, which is probably one of my, if not my favorite I mean, top, top three and just love what he does. And this podcast, I stole a lot of what he did from there, from this one, because I'm like, I love what you do. And he was saying that um, he was uh, 
they were talking about this whole movement of not working hard or not being hungry. Sure. And, and he's like, you know what? It usually comes from people that are already successful. <laughs> and they, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, you don't need to work hard. And you're like, well, you're already successful. So, right. you know, right. w- w- when you talk about like the work-life balance and all that sort of stuff, sure. which is a big component of burnout and people uh, not taking care of themselves and, you know, depending on the a- your age and where you are and your journey. It's always funny because there are some times where you just got to work hard. And the reason you got to right. work hard is because you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> so if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to need to make a lot of mistakes and work hard. But his point was, I think, was really valid because um, you, you can say that now because you've already right. attained that. But there's other people that may may want to do that. So, so you think, so right. curiosity, hunger... Those are sort of the two we touched on in terms of, you know, the traits and values and beliefs of, of at least what you think as entrepreneurs. Are, are there any others that you've found that are particularly important? Um, I mean, there, there's a, is that, are you asking the question, are there things that I think helped me, um, help me you know, be on the entrepreneurial journey and, and get to wherever I got to, or are you are you asking the question that in general, what are the traits that I found to be? Well, I I mean, good. I'm glad you clarified which, that. Which, which I don't I don't necessarily have all. The time, right? <laughs> well, neither do I. I mean, I wrote a whole book on it, and I hope to have at least some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. No, I would say um, let let's talk about the ones that you think you have, and then yeah. let's talk about the ones that you're either working on or. Um, feel that's important you know to have so why don't, why don't we start there um so i um one of the things that i uh, i consider as a strength of mine is i'm very coachable and reflective in nature um so you know i solicit feedback um actively um and I'm very open to what people have to tell me about you know, what I'm doing well or not doing well or what's working, what's not working. Um, that, um, that tied with uh, the curiosity and the, and the desire to learn and desire to succeed actually makes for a good combination. Because I can adjust, uh, I can adjust my path and approach uh, pretty quickly. Of course, I have to believe that that's the right direction to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but once once I'm convinced, um, you know, I, I can I can adjust to it. So I think that was that definitely helped me quite a bit because uh, in, in, uh, there were several occasions in building my previous startup where um, I was doing things that I had never done before, right, or never even seen being done before. That's a for example. Figuring out the go-to-market motion for an enterprise product, what the messaging should be. I've never been part of coming up with the messaging for a product and what the go-to-market motion should be. <laughs> yeah. How do you do PR and how do you do marketing? How yeah. do you launch a compact? Well, what knows? do I know? Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And so, but, but we were pretty good at uh, getting that, uh, backing the up on that. Now, of course, it took some time. It took some effort. I thought a lot. I ended up spending, spending some money. Um, some might argue I spent more money than I should have. Some might argue that I spent less money than I should have. It doesn't really matter. The I point mean, is that yeah. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I produced a certain set of results, and the results were uh, pretty good uh, in some ways. Um, and, and that only happened because I was uh, taking inputs and seeking inputs from people all along, always. So that helped. Uh, so that's a, that's a trait that I would say be reflective, be coachable. You know, Seek advice, seek inputs, uh, respect that other people have uh, certain experiences that you can learn from. And there's always there's always others who have more experiences to learn from. Um, the flip side of that is something that um, uh, that that I have as a trait, which I don't think is the most helpful, is um, I can be arrogant. And uh, what uh, you know, the, the desire to prove, the desire to succeed, yeah. can yeah, so yeah. color the the way I operate sometimes. Like I'm too full headed and focused on the success and and sort of my viewpoint, and I can be stubborn about it, and I can be I can be arrogant about it. <laughs> um, so the the way I balance that yeah. is, uh, you know, there's 
have a bunch of people around me that I trust. Mm-hmm. You can then tell me, all right, now you're being a jackass right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. Yeah, I prefer knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> I've got yeah, those people exactly. too. Like, you're being a knucklehead. You should really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Noted. 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 I'll back off. Um, having coaches, um, since you people you trust to give you the input um, in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been fortunate to have uh, a few people like that uh, around me. Uh, including my wife, like she'll just tell me straight up. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're being an ass. Okay. Um, so that that, uh, that those are sort of traits that good and bad. Another trait that helped me was I tend to not give up easily. Right. So perseverance and pushing through things. Um, and basically finding a way to make it work, or finding a solution. Right? So somebody, I remember talking to uh, somebody who said, so you're like a pathfinder. You have an end goal in mind and hmm. you just find a way to get there. Wow. So yeah, like that resonates. That, that description resonates. I usually set my eyes on something and then I'll find a way to get there. Huh. Um, That's interesting, yeah. And yeah, that was the first time I ever thought about it like that. Um, there is a flip side of it. It is I don't know when to stop or give up. Right? So the bullheaded nature and the arrogance and <laughs> like single maniacal focus on the end goal. You combine all of that, and I, you like it's time to give up. This is not working. Yeah. No, no, well, stop, stop. Okay, least... that way of engaging with that person is not going to work. No, no, no. I'll just like continue at it. <laughs> well, at least you can admit it. Some people can't admit it. Uh, yeah, when you, you know, when life slaps you in the face and the butt and, and all over the place, and you kind of say, "Okay, that did not work." Nope, nope. <laughs> you come out bruised and say, "Okay, that did not work." Yeah, I think it was uh, Marvin Liao, the ex investor in five hundred startups, says, uh, "We only learn from pain." <laughs> and I'm like, "Absolutely, Whew, yeah, probably true." <laughs> but that he, very true. I mean, yeah. yeah, he had a great. Great value says it's like pain, pain plus reflection. Yeah, is equal to growth. Yeah. Yeah, he he had well because you know I was part of their accelerator, and I, I mean I really like Marvin. I like his style; it's sort of my style. But I'm mm. like, yeah, Marvin. You know, you used to give me great advice. He's like, yeah, it's like getting hit in the head with a brick advice. <laughs> and I'm all right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. And once you've been through a few of those experiences, I think uh, a trait that then develops is just the humility and and knowing that. You're not. Yeah, you don't know everything. Yeah, you don't know everything. Uh, in fact, you probably don't know much. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always tell managers, like especially new managers or new leaders, yeah. and yeah. they're all like, "Whoa, oh, I'm in charge." I go, "No, no, no. no. You no. have one. You have no idea what's going on, and two, you have no control." And they're like, "What do you mean I'm the boss?" I'm like, "You're the boss for now. Like, don't, don't even think for a second that if you tell someone what to do, they're going to do it." You right. have you to. You think you're the boss. You think you're the boss. You're not. You're there to coach and help and get out of the. Enable. Get, you know, enable. You cannot be a dictator, and if and if you are, it'll last you're for a little while. For yeah, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you'll be like, "Why is no one doing anything?" Well, they'll rebel. I mean, even yeah, even like the military, special forces guys, all those. If you talk to all of them about leadership and how they they do things, you think, okay, command and control. You've got top down military. I mean, you've got family in the military. It's probably similar. Um, they, there's a point where they give orders, but right. the real true leaders are not giving orders. There, this is my the commander's intent is what they call it. This is what we got to do. How are we going to do it? And those are the ones that sort of succeed and survive. <laughs> the ones that are authoritarian quickly, they're like, I'm not going to do that. You know, like, anyway. Yeah. And there's something to be said about uh, the, uh, the top-down authoritative yeah. you know, commanding way of leading. There, is a, there, is a, there are moments when that is appropriate. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, in wartime, it is not about consensus and all of us feeling good and Right, like, what do you think? And what do you think? And what do you think? That's not how you go to war. It's like this is what we're going to go do. You go here. You go here. We attack this way. This is the strategy. Go, right. Um, but in order to be successful at that, you need to have the trust of the team, and the trust of the team gets built 
uh, over time. Right? In the military, there is an inherent trust right? because of the structure. And in a company, there is no inherent trust. Right. Um, you have to build that into the culture. And, and that's, that's incredibly hard to do. It is. It's one of the and hardest. Especially a new to manager coming in and, and you know, suddenly you've got five people and a new manager managing the team. And hey, do you trust them? Of course not. Or you, do you trust that person? Of course not. No. No. They're likely going to be, the default is going to be rebelling. Yeah. Well, they're going to push. It's like, it's actually almost like little kids. Kids will push the boundaries of new adults and new situations to see where the boundaries are. Right. That, that's how they learn. That's how, I mean, not a lot of people learn that way, but you can see the same reaction where yeah. you'll see the people that are trying to be in good favor. So they're going to like kiss up, going to be the ones that are rebelling. You're going to be the ones that are sort of laying low and, sure. and they're like got, they're injured or, they're they're wary of any kind of different management because they either like the old person, the old person uh, who who right, knows, right. right, right. But so yeah. so that dynamic is very interesting, yeah. Huh. Huh. Those are really good ones. What what are some ones that you aspire to work on or that you would want? Um. Well, I think I have a way longer list. <laughs> we'll start with the top three. I mean, it's always good to have a top three list. Yeah, so I um, I did do a great job of building accountability into uh, into the system at my previous company. Um, so you know that's the highest level to capture a variety of different things that I think uh, I would want to do a better job of. So, for example, that goes from enabling people, letting them run the full autonomy. Uh, but then being accountable for the end goal that we're all shooting towards. Um, and, and then trusting that they will do the right things, um, and come back and ask for help when they don't know what to do or run into some sort of a problem or need help, that need support. They need somebody else to help them out or whatever. Um, so I don't think I did a good job. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm 100% sure that I did not do a good job of building accountability into the organization the way I would have liked. Um, the way it manifested was uh, a lot of things uh, would bubble up to me hmm. uh, to, you know, to fix or to solve. Um, and uh, that needed to reduce over time, uh, but it did not. Not to the degree that I would have uh, aspired to, to see. Um and I don't necessarily know what specific things I could have done differently just yet. Right? Like every time I think about the, the entire experience, I, I can come up with a couple of different things that are different than, you know, my previous instance of reflecting on it. So I think I, I see nuances every time I think about it. So I haven't yet um, settled on exactly what that looks like. Um, so that's something that I aspire to do much better is um, build accountability, be more hands-off in nature, be more enabling in nature versus more doing in nature. Uh, and then along with the enablement, the accountability piece. And so so hmm. broad yeah. set of things that are captured in that. That's a, that's a hard one to work on. Right. And and the, the thing that I wonder is that is there a way to learn that short of doing it again and paying attention to it. Right? There's not, it's not, you can't go read a book on it. Hard right? to read a book on that. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's yeah. a, it's a skill that has to be practiced in a safe environment where failure is tolerated. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. And the cult, it's a culture thing, actually. It's, it, it's, thing. it's a really hard culture thing. And, uh, I mean, this is a problem. Okay, I wouldn't call it a problem. This is a skill that all entrepreneurs, especially early stage entrepreneurs, need to work on because most of the stuff's rattling around in their head, right? Like, this is the vision. How come you can't read my mind? Well, because I can't read your mind. And they always want to put their finger in everything. And, 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 and when you're a small team of five to 10, works. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. As it scales, yeah. People just get frustrated because they and and the entrepreneur gets frustrated too because they know in their heart that they have to do it, 
they're either scared or don't know how, or they're so worried about failure that they're it's it's fear. It's really is fear. Yeah. So that desire. Remember what I'll tell you. Share the experience. Share the story. So the fear of failure. The flip side of that is the hunger and the desire to succeed, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I had to succeed, and there's just the hunger and the drive and the, and the desire to succeed. Um, and you know, along with that comes the fear of failure. Whichever one leads doesn't really matter, but they're, they're both present together typically. Like at least in my case, they're both present together. Um, about a year. Of, Ago, maybe a little more than that, actually, maybe about a year and a half ago, um, I was uh, doing a, an offsite with the entire company. We were about twenty-five people at the time, um, 20, 20, 25 people, something like that. Uh, and then uh, you know, we were doing these exercises on uh, communication and uh, working through some problems together, some collaboration, uh, was doing some team building work, and. Four people on the team. Three. Three folks. Three folks in the organization. Um, people like this. You know, they pulled me aside and sat me down. Ah, yeah. So the exercise, I think, the, if I remember correctly, the exercise was uh, go and talk to somebody that you're having a hard time collaborating with. Oh. Or, or, or there's some communication that you want to deliver to them in the interest of collaboration and, you know, go we'll talk to them about it. So, so these three sit me down and say, so we need to talk to you. Whoa. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> <And all three laughs> of them are, I'm not feeling the love here. <laughs> <laughs> all, three, all three of them are like sitting in front of me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then, so, so when you, you know, said so you've hired us, like you've hired us, now let go. Wow. Wow. Right. Like straight conversation, straight to my face. Wow. And they said, let go. Wow. Right. Trust that we know what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the most, I mean, I was so grateful for that conversation for yeah. multiple reasons. One, um, that it showed me something that I wasn't seeing, like something that I was doing wrong. That, that it, gave me, it gave me a view into that. Um, second, that all three of them felt comfortable. That's like, it big, wasn't that they had this giant plan. No, like, that's a big deal. Right? That's a so big deal. Sh- straight away, um, just came and said what they needed to say. Right? So, so it gave me... Um, wow. It was actually, it, it was almost a gift. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. Like, I see that conversation as a gift. Yes. Um, and uh, and it, it made me believe that uh, that I did well in building that culture of communication and transparency such that they were able to come in and confront me on something that they would have otherwise felt. Or it would be natural to feel uncomfortable. Oh, that's an incredibly uh, uncomfortable conversation yeah. to have. And, with the CEO, right? You're yeah. CEO, oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I mean, you live in, you know, CEOs live in a bubble, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and these guys are perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we, and, and there was nothing after that. Like, we just went back to just being completely normal as if that was a normal conversation to be had. Like, there was wow. no, no lingering tension around it. How would he react? What was going to happen? It's like, yeah, got it. I see it. I see your point. I totally get it. I can see where I'm making the mistake. Here's where my concerns are. Here's my fear. This is what's this is likely what's at what's at the core of it. Um, let's figure it out. I want to do better. Let's figure it out and you know, come back to me and tell me if I'm still doing the same thing in two weeks. And, and then we went out and had you know, drinks and dinner together. <laughs> right? So it's a uh, it's a pretty awesome experience. Yeah. Um, to, no. To have when people people did. No, I mean, wow, that, that that's a great story, and I mean, and I will say that is a testament to having a a, a culture that's open. Yeah, that conversation doesn't happen a lot in companies. Right, um, right, right, right. People are afraid, uh, especially if they're 
below the boss and 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 you know the look you know th- th- there's a reason why uh CEOs are in the bubble right uh, the ones in the bubble are the ones that don't take bad news well right 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 yeah yeah they just yeah. don't like the feedback they don't want to know they you know politicians have this problem too there's just a bunch of yes people around them because sure. they see the reaction and 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 what's interesting is as the boss you think yeah. what you say is like well, I just I'm just who I am, but whatever you say gets amplified by 10x. Yeah, I never learned that. <laughs> That's the one thing. I, I learned that one the hard way, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really hard, hard. Because, you know, we're, so words matter. Yeah. The meaning behind words matter. The tone, right. the tenor of especially leadership. Like if they don't know who you are or they're, you know, trying to get favor because everyone's sort of jockeying for position. Right. I mean, especially any organization, any, you know, they have have a joke if you're Hungarian um, that uh, what do you call uh, two Hungarians uh, arguing together Um, that? Well, they're they're three political parties because they're all kind of, you know, they're they just that's the way it is. Right. Everything is, you know, dynamic and there's there's a history there. Same with bosses, you know, really hard to be open and take in all that because part of your job is to sort of filter that and and and, and you know where you're going right. and it's hard to sometimes communicate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And depending on how you handle that uncertainty, people right. will literally, they look to the boss. So if the boss is freaking out, that's that not a good thing. Yeah, I never that. I never <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, this, this is why we talk about it. Um, if if um, if the way the boss handles bad news, the, the way I always think of it is, every word I say, if I'm if I'm in charge, every word I say is going to be amplified and taken out of context, and and right, and the right. the the expansion of it is going to be order of magnitude worse than I think, and. That may seem extreme, but it's actually a really good rule of thumb because I remember people will take things out of context or they hear snippets or some off-color comment Mm. will impact people and they will spin up for a day or two. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that happened happened, um, on several different occasions at my my company. Yeah. And the idea that... Uh, actually, so you know, like I said I never learned that, but so I would I would say to you differently that 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 was something that I didn't do a good job of. There were hmm. occasions that I did not do a good job of that. So what I mean by that is there were moments when I would say things um, that I would be perfect that would be perfectly fine saying to a peer, right? Yeah, and um, and I'm a, I'm generally a very very transparent. And an open person, like I don't try to hide things. Right. And, right. Uh, right. In fact, like the opposite. Like I believe in full transparency. Mm-hmm. But that full transparency actually freaks people out. <laughs> right. If not put in context. Yeah. 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 Right. The context is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if not put in context, it freaks people out. And so, so I would be very, very transparent about you know, challenges in in some place and in, you know, customer challenge or whatever the challenges are, uh, but not realizing that. Um, I am still thinking through the problem and part of what I'm sharing is my current thinking. If I don't let the other person know that I'm sharing my current thinking and not necessarily the conclusion of that thinking, uh, they don't know what to do with it. Right. So the context is missing for them uh, in terms of where, where the thought process is right now and whether they should help or whether the expectation is that they would help or do they take the, is it a blame on them? Right. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So it's a failure for uh, of of one of their peers, and any number of those things could could be just depending on what your worldview is. Yeah. Your mind would go wherever it could go. Totally. Um, so not framing the right context and actually create fear. Uh, and it's happened on several different occasions. Right. I couldn't figure out what's going on. People want me to be transparent. I'm being transparent. Now what's the problem? And then, and then later on, I realized, oh, yeah, they. They don't have the context. They don't have the I'm context, not, yeah. And I cannot operate as if I'm just one of their peers. As much as I want to be, I'm still their boss. 
I'm still the CEO of the company. And I cannot pretend or operate as if I'm not. Yeah. No. Uh, like I'm not their buddy in this conversation. I'm not their buddy. We no. could be friends, right? But that's a different role at a different totally. time, and this is not the conversation to be had as friends. Right, right. Wow, I'm on deep. Yeah, that I made was, a few mistakes. This that was that's. This has been a great conversation. I, I really appreciate your time. I mean, you know, stay safe, and you know, I'm I'm confident you'll keep working on stuff. Like I'll be keep working on stuff. Right. <laughs> We all are work in progress. That's so true. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting thedailymba.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest that you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about in this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.